0: Welcome to Around the Diamond, Ottawa's source for baseball talk. This is
1: Shortstop Junior Rowe with the Rockland Boulders. This is your boy Reggie Abercrombie. Hey, this is your boy Coop. This is Josh Wood. Hey, what's up? It's your boy Kenny Bryant from the Ottawa Champions. This is Quebec
0: Capital's third baseman and pitcher Lachlan Fontaine. Hey, this is Ottawa Champions second baseman Albert Cartwright, all the way from the Bahamas. You're listening to Around the Diamond with my man Diamond Dante on CKDJ 107.9 profiling players careers and their life outside of baseball. Now, here's your host, Diamond Dante. Seb high and deep to right, and that's out of here. Cartwright, and that's a walk-off single. Albert Cartwright wins the ball game. Mastroberti comes in to score. Duarte up the middle, and that's the ball game. Wilson, the one, two, big cut, and he struck him out. Wilson, back-to-back strikeouts on a slider in the dirt. Tissenbaum swings at that one.
2: And your co-host.
0: Chambers flying into third with a triple.
2: Chambers is back. He looks up, and it's off the top of the wall. Fires it back into second
0: base, and he got him.
2: Chambers slaps it the other way.
0: Louis Cardinals World Series Champion Adron Chambers in the air to left well hit back is Craig
1: what a team what a ride the Cardinals are world
0: champs in 2011. Welcome to episode 52 of Around the Diamond here on CKDJ 1079. I'm your host Diamond Dante As always, you can find the podcast on iTunes and on SoundCloud for past episodes and future episodes to come at Around the Diamond. And once again, as you heard in the intro, our, our beautiful intro that uh, has been uh, going on for uh, since episode 38. Adron Chambers will not be with us again on the show. He is making his way back to Ottawa, and we look forward to maybe having him on as a co-host down the row. I'm Diamond Dante once again. I'm going to be hosting today's show solo. You're listening to episode 52 of Around the Diamond here on CKDJ 1079. And today, uh, we're going to welcome two very special uh, players getting... Uh, or, Two people getting uh, promotions in their uh, indie ball careers. It's going to be uh, Miguel Gomez joining us next, and then we're going to finish off the show with Matt Paget. He played in AAA with the the Florida Marlins. Played for the Ottawa Lynx, which is a, a nice kind of tidbit there. Uh, To talk about, uh, he's going to join us after we talk with the newest Ottawa Champions pitching coach, Miguel Gomez, will join us in our next segment. And this past week, the Ottawa Champions brought back Sebastian Boucher as the hitting coach, Jared Lemieux as the first base coach, and uh, to assist under Hal Lanier, of course, Miguel Gomez will join us up next. And just as a quick introduction to Miguel's uh, career and what his resume looks like, um, he spent 19 seasons, 19 seasons coaching High school baseball at Mayfield High School in La Cruces. and then in the last in the last twelve of those years, he was a head coach. He was he was an assistant coach, and then moved up as a twelve as a head coach in the last twelve years at Mayfield High School. In his time, he led the team to six district titles, one state runner up, and made the playoffs every single season. So he's got a pretty good resume. On that note, and and talking about Miguel Gomez, the new Ottawa Champions pitching coach, who will join us up next. Uh, he's got a lot of professional experience. Uh, he was uh, the bench coach of the of the Pecos League's La Crucis uh, in 2011. He was then promoted to the manager in 2012. He joined the American Association's El Paso Diablos in 2013. and was an assistant coach under a former Toronto Blue Jays manager, Tim Johnson. He and you know, I'm sure that was a huge connection for him. And then he assisted the San Diego Padres Triple A affiliate with the El Paso Chihuahuas in 2015 and 2016. So he's already been an assistant. He's been a first base coach in Triple A. But how is he gonna gonna stand as the pitching coach? We'll have to find out a little bit more about that when he joins us next. And and for. For Miguel Gomez, a, a stand-up guy, talked to him a little bit off mic before the interview and uh, was uh, was definitely a guy that uh, I think will is, is suited for the job. And you know what? I'm going to put it out there right now. Hal Lanier made a good decision bringing in this guy. He knows a lot about pitching. And you don't have to look for the guy that has the, the, the most experience as far as I'm concerned. You can go look in, in the high school area. And he coached 19 years at high school baseball. That just goes to show how much um, Miguel... Gomez loves the game of baseball because in high school you're coaching kids 14, 15, 16 years old, 7 and 17 as well and maybe 18 the game of baseball. You're coaching them, "Hey, listen, this is how you're going to get to take the ground ball because sometimes and I know especially in Canada we're not taught the proper way at the young at the young age, maybe 12 or 13 years old, but once you get to high school, you learn a bit more a little bit more. I know I did when I played high school baseball as an infielder. I learned a little bit more. So I actually really really really, really like uh, to hear uh, what Miguel Gomez is going to talk about in terms of high school baseball because you're actually showing kids the game So he's going to be able to help some of the older guys on this team Maybe maybe not even in the older guys the, the younger players that have been around for a while and and I'm sure he's not going to say hey listen You got to change the way that you're going to pitch off the mound. You got to pitch out of the stretch makes a little bit of tweaks here and there and as a pitching coach It's all about managing the bullpen So it's going to be important uh, what he's going to do as in the pitching coach and assistant coach under How Lanier um and I'm sure that Miguel wants to be maybe a manager down the road, and uh, I'm excited. Maybe he can teach me a thing or two about taking ground balls or something like that. And I'm gonna be uh, interested to to hear exactly what he has to say about uh, being the newest pitching coach of the Ottawa Champions. Later on in the show, we're gonna welcome Matt Paget onto Around the Diamond. Uh, he is the newest New Jersey Jackals manager of the Can-Am League. He played in Triple-A. Uh, in 2005 to 2008, and then played in the American Association, Can-Am League for the Jackals, which is kind of cool there. And now he's the manager of the Jackals. He also played uh, in the um, in the, the American Association, as I, I just mentioned, and in the Atlantic League. So um, he talks a little bit, he's going to talk about exactly uh, playing with Miguel Cabrera, which is going to be something cool uh, to hear what he has to say on the program. And Matt Pageant is a guy that... Um, you know, has lots of experience at the at the um, you know the the professional level. Um, he was actually he played for the Ottawa Lynx in 2007, and then played for Reading in Double and that was the last season that the Ottawa Lynx were a team, were a Triple A team at least. And then you know, of course, the um, the Rapids came on in 2008, and then in, uh, later on in about 2010, I believe it was, they they picked up the um, it was the Fat Cats, the Ottawa Fat Cats, and that, and that was right after. And then now they're the Ottawa champions of the Can-Am League. So, um, And now he's going to have a chance to to manage, and he's still young. He's 38, 39 years old, so uh, he has a lot of experience. He's played AAA in 2005 as Matt Padgett uh, with Albuquerque and the Florida Marlins system. He was playing in A when the team won the World Series, and Miguel Cabrera hit a walk-off home run. Um, so it, it's funny because when he was being called up to AAA – The team was in a World Series run, and when he got drafted, the team also won a World Series in 97, and then in 2003, so Matt Padgett, a lot of experience, a lot of things to talk about, and I will guarantee you this is not going to be the last time he comes on this show, because from talking to him, stand-up guy, I'm interested to see exactly what he brings to the table in terms of the Jackals' ownership situation and everything that's kind of gone down there, losing a lot of players, Um, interested to see what he has to say, but also about some of the stories that he has in the minor leagues, because... He's, he's not afraid to talk, and that's Matt Paget for you. So later on, we're going to welcome Matt Paget to the show, but coming up next, we're going to take a quick break. Coming up next, Miguel Gomez, the newest Ottawa Champions pitching coach, will join us here on Around the Diamond, live here on CKDJ 1079, or if you're listening on the podcast. Um, he will join us next to talk about being named the newest Ottawa Champions pitching coach. You're listening to episode 52 of Around the Diamond, here with Diamond Dante on CKDJ 1079. We'll be back in a few. Hi, this is Billy Horn from the Long Island Ducks, and you're listening to Around the Diamond on CKDJ 107.9. Welcome back to episode 52 of Around the Diamond here on CKDJ 107.9. It's the show that, uh, that we're that we going to profile uh, two veterans getting a, a big promotion here in independent ball. And the show is titled uh, Indie Ball Coaches and it's episode 52. Today I'm happy to be joined with the newest Ottawa Champions pitching coach Miguel Gomez. And before we get into things, Miguel, uh, just a quick uh, introduction here before being hired by the champions this past week. Our guest spent 19 years coaching Mayfield High School. After that, Miguel also went over to the PECOS League American Association and was an assistant coach with the, with the Padres AAA affiliate. Miguel, welcome to the show. Thanks for taking the time.
1: Well, thank you for having me, Dante.
0: Hey, it's, it's nice to talk to you. Obviously, congratulations on the job. And uh, I guess, how did you find this job? How did you have uh, you know the connections to, to see that this was an opportunity?
1: Well, it, it all uh, started with Tim Johnson. Um, I don't know if you all remember Tim Johnson. He managed the Toronto Blue Jays in 1996. Um, and, and, you know, just, just all the connections, all the, the network and all the people that, uh, that I've met through the years of, of, uh, of coaching. Um, you know, being, being with the El Paso Chihuahuas for two years has, has kind of opened up a lot of doors for me as well. But uh, Tim Johnson and, and uh, Bobby Brown. Bobby Brown's managing the Lincoln Salt Dogs right now. And Billy Horn. Billy Horn was a big part of, of this um, as well. You know, so, you know, I don't I – don't, I didn't – you know, I knew of Hal, um, but have never met him personally. Um, so, you know, with, with all those connections of trying to get me in, it was, you know, a, a, a big help. I actually – put my uh resume in kind of late this year and so this this was the job that 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 i landed and and i'm excited about it
0: and and of course my guess is that you knew billy horn the previous ottawa champions pitching coach from the, the the pecos league i did yes yes
1: yes i know billy horn and he you know he and i had talked a lot and and um so you know, he felt like I was the best fit to to work under Haller. You know, and and I, I I believe I am, you know. So I'm I'm excited about this.
0: Yeah. Oh, sorry. Go ahead. No, no, I'm. Okay, Miguel Gomez, the newest Ottawa Champions pitching coach, is here for us on Around the Diamond. And, and Miguel, of course, uh, I, we know Billy Horn very well. He's been on this show lots of times. And, uh, and when I talked to Billy uh, this offseason, uh, he said that he was going to give Hal Lanier some recommendations for for guys that he wanted to bring in. And do you feel that uh, right. you, that Billy Horn had a huge part in, in saying, hey, listen, this is a good guy. I've worked with him in the past, and he, he's going to be a big fit?
1: I do. I think Billy Horn... Was a big help, and and Brooks Carey was a big help. I mean, I'm sure you know Brooksie. Yes. Um, and and Tim Johnson was a big help. You know, so, um, I mean, I know that that uh, Billy Horn was on the phone a lot with Hal. You know, and and I know that Hal and the front office. You know, they they had to to go through all the interviews and and things like that. You know, just follow protocol, but you know i'm i'm really fortunate that i had people on my side and on my team pulling for me
0: and, and of course, uh, as we talk to you, Miguel De- Gonzalez, the newest pitching coach of the Ottawa champions is here for us on around the diamond. And uh, I guess you could say, uh, you got to stop name dropping because you know, all the right guys, Brooks Carey, very close with Hal Billy Horn, and, and I guess, Tim Johnson as well. So I'm sure that all helped. Um, what do you feel made you a, a better ca- uh, candidate than the rest of the other guys that applied for this job?
1: Well, I think, uh, my years of experience, you know, uh, Working in the Pecos League, managing in the Pecos League, and then assisting in the American Association, and then getting the the, the opportunity to work under three great managers in El Paso with the uh, Chihuahuas. You know, I worked under Pat Murphy, uh, and uh, Pat left us mid-season when Buddy Black was was fired from the Padres. Yeah. Then then the Chihuahuas brought in uh, Jamie Cork, and Jamie Corks, you know, nineteen eighty-five. World champion with the Kansas City Royals, so I worked under him, and then Rod Barajas got the job the year after, and Rod's a 2001 World Champion with the Diamondbacks. You know, so three great managers, and then you know, knowing people throughout my experiences with the American Association and and the Pecos League is just it, it's helped me out a lot.
0: And you speak about your time with the El Paso Chihuahuas, and I remember Rod Brajas. He was a catcher with the, the Toronto Blue Jays in the uh, about 2007, uh-huh. I believe it was, and I actually saw him hit a home run live at Rogers Center yeah. when I was uh, when I was uh, you know, uh, going to Blue Jays games back in the day. So uh, I guess what was All it right. like to, to play under a former big league catcher, or sorry, not play under uh, assistant to a former big league catcher, and Rod Brajas and learn the game oh. from a catching perspective.
1: Oh, it was, it was awesome. It was awesome. You know, as, as coaches, you know, we're, we're, we're constant learners and nobody knows more than the game. And so just watching him every day, I was, you know, uh, just just listening to him, talking to him, picking his brain, watching how he deals with, 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 you know, his, his, his players and, and watching the drills that they do and, and, participating and, and assisting with, with, with the drills, uh, it was awesome. I mean, I learned so much from those guys, you know, uh, the during the downtime that we had, you know, uh, pregame, postgame downtime was awesome, sitting with them, you know, in the conference rooms and, and just watching them, you know, work on the computers and enter all their stats and talking with them. And, you know, I mean, it was it was awesome. It was awesome. Learned a lot from those guys.
0: And and what was your job with the El Paso Chihuahuas? Because you mentioned that you're an assistant, an assistant coach. what did you kind of do in yeah. AAA with the team?
1: Well, what I did was, is I I went in and and I I helped with with uh, with with fungal work, you know, groundwork, and then I coached first base and anything that they needed me to do, you know. Uh, so I was I was coaching first base for them. And whatever they needed me to do, you know, before games, after games, you know, I assisted uh, somewhat with the hitting as well, you know, um, so if it was front toss, whatever they needed, uh, regular toss, uh, putting ball in the machine, you know, working with the hitters, whatever it was, I mean, I was all around.
0: The newest Ottawa Champions pitching coach, Miguel Gomez, is here for us on Around the Diamond. He was just hired by the Ottawa Champions a few days ago and has joined us here on a program to talk about how he got the job and his prior experience. And it, I'm just looking this up right now, and the El Paso Chihuahuas actually won the championship last year, and so did the Ottawa Champions, so I guess that kind of ties in, it, doesn't yeah. it? What was that experience like?
1: Yes, a lot of—oh, that what a great experience, you know, to be around, you know, uh, uh, a winning tradition. You know, so that's what I'm taking with me, you know, uh, is that winning tradition and then, you know, going to Ottawa and hopefully, you know, continuing that winning tradition. So I'm excited about that.
0: We're going to take a quick break. When we come back, Miguel Gomez will rejoin us on Around the Diamond live here on CKDJ 107.9 for a final segment with him. And then we're going to move on to the newest New Jersey Jackals manager, Matt Padgett. You're listening to episode 52 of Around the Diamond on CKDJ 107.9. We'll be back in a few.
1: Hi, this is Colorado Rockies catcher, Max Tissenbaum, and you're listening to Around the Diamond on CKDJ 107.9.
0: Joined here back with Miguel Gomez, the newest Ottawa champions pitching coach here for episode 52 of Around the Diamond on CKDJ 107.9. Once again, I'm your host, Diamond Dante. You can find the podcast on iTunes at Around the Diamond and Miguel who, who was probably your best player on that team? I know that, obviously, there's there's a few guys that you can mention that were on that Padres A team that uh, I'm just trying uh, to think of uh, right now. Um, there would have been uh, the catcher. Um, was he there? Not not Austin Hedges. Um, Christian Benincourt?
1: No, he never came down with us, at least while I was there. Um, but, you know, some of the, the greatest players that I enjoyed being around, one of them. Was James Loney? He was with us for a small stint. James Loney uh, was with us for about a month. He was one of the best guys to be around. What a professional! You know, before the Mets took him. Yeah. And uh, uh, but Austin Hedges was also one of my one of my favorites. Um, Brett Wallace, right? Who's you know was with the Padres this past season and is back with us. You know, he was he was awesome. Just good, good guys to be around. I mean, there's so many to name. You know, Hunter Renfro.
0: Yes, that's the one.
1: Uh, you know, he's he's one of the, of course, the, the the young prospects. You know, working his way up. But he, what a player! I mean, an amazing player. Margot. Um, gosh, a, a, a lot. Yeah, Marno. You know, Manny Marno was was amazing. Uh, gosh, there's just too much to 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 mention. You know, and 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 guys come and go. You know, it, it's like one day I'm I'm coaching first base and I'm talking to them and holding batting gloves. And the next day I'm watching them on TV or, you know, the next season they're with another organization. You know, so what a great fraternity of guys.
0: And just off that topic, of course, you have a lot of experience. So what was the conversation with you and Hal Anier when he first mentioned that you have the job uh, coming into this season?
1: Oh, I was, I, was, I was excited about it. Uh, um, you know, when, when he first told me I had the job, um, gosh, I was excited because, you know, I, I've heard a lot about Hal Lanier. Uh, a good friend of mine, Luis Ortiz, played for him in Winnipeg. I don't know if you know Luis Ortiz, but he's now the Padres hitting coordinator. And uh, so, you know, he's just the, – the, the experience that he has – He's a former major league manager, you know, and, and I'm just really excited. You know, everybody that I talked to, all my contacts said, you got to go work for this guy. You know, if, if you want to make it at the higher levels, this is the guy you got to work for. He's a great guy. He, you know, he's going to teach you everything that, that you need to know. So I was excited. I was totally excited. And I told how that. I, I told him how lucky I was to work under him. And I'm his guy, you know. I'll be in his hip pocket every day, so.
0: Well, there you have it. Miguel, Gun, uh, Miguel Gomez, the newest Ottawa champions pitching coach, is joining us here on Around the Diamond. And uh, my question is, we've talked a lot about your experience, but uh, I guess what do you know about pitching? You, you've you coached first base. You've managed. Uh, what do you know about pitching?
1: Well, I was a pitcher all my life, actually. Pitched in college. And, and uh, you know, it's really, it's really my forte. And... Uh, you know, I handled the pitchers as a manager in the Pecos league. I worked with the pitching coach with the Diablos. And of course, Bronzeville Patrick, the pitching coach for the Chihuahuas, you know, worked with him and, and just basically, you know, I, I mean, I, I, all my life I've, I've been a pitcher and had a lot of knowledge on pitching. So, you know, it's just getting to know the guys and learning their personalities and, and you know at this level these guys you know minor tweaks you don't you don't break a guy down at this level you know it's more of the mental aspect of pitching with these guys you know and so that's what i've learned a lot at the higher levels is more of the mental aspect of pitching you know which is is very important
0: and so- uh, and on that note, uh, you actually coached uh, 19 years of high school baseball. Uh, what was that like? Yeah. And um, I, I, guess, I guess if you can put it in this perspective to say that, hey, listen, you coach high school baseball, you t- you coached kids, right? You know, teenagers and, and, and showed them the game. So that's got to be a plus, right?
1: Right. You know, it, it's it's been great. It's been the best of both worlds, you know, developing kids, making them better baseball players and and. You know, working hard to promote them you know to the next level, getting them in, into college. you know that was my big thing, getting my high school kids into college. that That's what I was big on. and And I feel the same way you know uh, as a as a pitching coach or a manager, you know at the higher levels, you know it, it's my job to get my guys into the next level. That's why we're all there. Everybody has goals. everybody has dreams. They all want to be in the bigs. Yeah. You know, they all want to be part of an organization, and that's what I want to do. I want to work hard to help my pitchers you know, get to the next level, get, get into a, a, an organization that, that, that they're going to be happy with.
0: And and if the, and of course you you coached high school baseball. You mentioned that you want to help these guys get into an organization and make them better pitchers. You spent time in the Pecos League, and of course we talked about earlier in the interview that that's how you met Billy Horn. But before we wrap things up, I'm interested to know a little bit about uh, the Pecos League. I've met some people that have came uh, through there uh, in the past, and what kind of a league really is it? Is it one of those leagues that we you know what we've heard? You know, you make forty bucks a week as a player, and it's really not the best conditions at all, or, or was it a league that? That guys improve their game
1: i think it's, it's 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 improving it's improving andrew dunn um is you know he every year i think it's improving it's it's slowly improving it, it's it's made progress it has made progress since 2010 you know um i know that they've expanded you know the teams uh, you know the the living conditions at the time that I was managing weren't very good you know the, 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 the guys were getting paid gosh very at the lowest very minimal you know pay and and it was rough it was hard you know but we were that, that was that was a big challenge for me was keeping my guys together you know and and winning games and, and continuing with their dreams because a lot of these guys wanted to leave. You know they didn't want to be a part of it, and so we were able to to keep them there all you know all season long and and uh, continue to fulfill their dreams. But it was rough. But it is it's progressing. It it really is progressing. You know the Pecos League's kind of at the bottom of all the other leagues, but it it's it's building. You know it it really is. I have to say it, it's it's getting better every year.
0: Well, it's coming from a guy that's uh, spent uh, you know time in that league, and of course, Billy Horn, the previous Ottawa champions pitching coach, uh, took a a, a much uh, you know, a better step or a different step in his career and decided to uh, to take the job and be the p- pitching coach in the Atlantic League with the Long Island Ducks. Hey, listen, um, right. Miguel, listen, it was great talking to you. I look forward to meeting you this season with the Ottawa Champions, and we look forward to uh, seeing what you can do and maybe bringing some guys in or working with our pitchers here in the with the Ottawa Champions.
1: Oh, yeah, I'm, I'm really excited about it. Dante, I can't wait to meet you guys. I can't wait to get down there and get after it. You know, and and uh, get to know everybody, and and uh, learn about my personnel, and and get to know everybody's personalities, and and just just have fun, and and work hard to get these guys to the next level.
0: Well, sounds good. Hey, listen, thanks so much for joining us, Miguel, and uh, we'll talk soon. Okay.
1: Okay, sounds good. Thanks, Dante.
0: We're going to take a quick break. We're at the middle part of our show, and we're going to welcome Matt Paget Coming up next, it's episode 52 of Around the Diamond here on CKDJ 107.9. And, of course, before we go, we want to thank Miguel Gomez for joining us in our last segment, but Matt Paget will join us coming up next.
2: Hey, this is Matt Padgett from the New Jersey Jackals, and you're listening to Around the Diamond on CKDJ 107.9.
0: Welcome back to Around the Diamond here on CKDJ 107.9. Once again, I'm your host, Diamond Dante. You can find the podcast on iTunes and on SoundCloud by typing in Around the Diamond or keep on listening live here on radio at CKDJ 107.9. You can find me also on Twitter at Diamond underscore Dante to find past episodes uh, and uh, also talk about not only the Indy Leagues, but uh, everything baseball. Before, we were talking with the newest Ottawa champions pitching coach, Miguel Gomez. Now I'm happy to be joined with the New Jersey Jackals new manager it's matt Paget, and just a quick introduction before uh, becoming the manager of the jackals this offseason matt played 18 seasons of pro ball uh from low a to a triple a and also spent time in the indie leagues and last season was the jackals uh, bench coach matt welcome to the show thanks for taking the time and joining us here on around the diamond
2: sure dante thanks for having me uh, i'm excited about uh, being a manager this year and um Looking forward to talking with
0: you. Sounds good. And and Matt, just to, you know, obviously we went through that quick introduction. Uh, your playing days uh, with the not only the Florida Marlins organization but the Phillies as well, and across independent ball with the Atlantic League and American Association. Let's talk about uh, just you know, quick introduction about how you got the job after Joe left. Did you feel that uh, you know the front office came to you and said, "Hey, listen, the job is your. Uh, do you want to take it?" Or or what, what was the process like this off season when you felt like it was time to, to maybe be a manager of the Jackals?
2: Yeah, um, I, I knew Joe was talking uh, about maybe trying to f- taking take another job in another league. Um, I think the Kansas City job's a pretty good job. Um, and so I was happy for him when he got it. And uh, then, you know, Jack was going through a ownership change. So it just it took a little while for them to decide, um, I guess, on a GM and – about going about their manager. So we got kind of a little bit of a late start, but uh, Joseph Redman, who was working with the Jackals last year, um, got the general manager job and just called me up and, and said that, yeah, since I was familiar with the team and um, we got a good relationship last year and he offered me the job, I was just I was excited. And uh, I figured that was my next step after playing. I wanted to take one year last year and just see if I wanted to be on the coaching side and, Ride that bus, you know, even though I wasn't playing. Um, And, you know, we had a good season. I enjoyed it. And I feel like managing is the next step. So uh, I'm looking forward to the challenge.
0: Matt Padgett, the newest manager of the New Jersey Jackals, is joining us here on Around the Diamond. And, of course, you speak about uh, maybe getting your feet wet as the bench coach uh, last season and ownership change. How tough was that for you, uh, especially as a manager or, or even as a, you know, a bench coach, being part of that Jackals organization, not knowing what was going to happen this offseason once Kalfa Pietra, the manager uh, that was uh, the manager of the Jackals for 13-plus seasons, left this offseason?
2: Yeah, you know, the um, same thing as some of the play. Well, I guess players have a, basically a two-year deal on this thing. But, you know, it was like a one-year deal. And um, I'm pretty close to Joe. I still talk with Joe a couple times a week, It's not three or four. And um, so he, he kind of kept me updated on kind of the process and what was going on. Um, yeah, it's just the, the weirdest thing has been after I've been signed on as a manager, uh, just just waiting on the deal to go through and waiting on the announcement for the t- for the sale of the team to happen. You know, just so many moving parts over there, and, you know, we're trying to, wait to get housing for players and um, all this other stuff being tied into the university over there. So um, that's been the, uh, the you know, the strangest part for me is just trying to make sure all these things are done before I start telling players what they will or won't have this season, you know. So but I think everything is tightening up now, and um, everything should be back to normal here pretty soon.
0: Earlier this offseason, Matt, as the manager of the Jackals, is joining us here on Around the Diamond, live here on CKDJ 107.9. Uh, earlier this offseason, I spoke with Art Charles, and Art Charles, obviously a stand-up guy, really great to have on the show. Talked about being signed out of the Can-Am League, probably one of the best offensive players to ever come through this league, especially uh, with the numbers that he put up last season. I just want you to speak on behalf of Art Charles. You had the chance to watch him from the dugout and what he put up this season. How remarkable was a, a year for Art Charles to hit? 352 hit 30 home runs and driving 103 runs
2: yeah first of all uh dante i'd say you pretty much hit it hit it right on with being an outstanding guy um that's the first thing i noticed i mean he's uh he's an amazing kid works hard every single day he was there for early work um was really dedicated and having a good year and getting back to affiliated baseball um leader in the clubhouse the whole deal man um and just like you said, I mean, the numbers were phenomenal. You just kept waiting for that three, four week period or two week period, you know, where he would just come back down to earth, I guess. So you say, and I, you know, it just never happened. He just continued from the beginning to the end and just stayed so hot. Um, It was, it was phenomenal. It was fun to watch and it was a great thing to be a part of, man. I think, uh, you know it's just and I, I believe it helped the whole team I, I you know you just felt like every time if we could just get art up every time something special was going to happen and and so I just feel like guys were uh, driven by that as well
0: do you feel just based off the season that art Charles had and and, and just to put this in perspective for the listeners art Charles uh, played in the Blue Jays and Phillies organization reached as high as A. he came over to the jackals this season hit over 350. He drove in 103 runs in only 96 games that he started in and also hit 29 home runs uh, in just almost 100 games played. That's pretty remarkable if you ask me. Do you feel uh, that he is probably one of the biggest stories to ever come out of this league and maybe a shot for him to make the major leagues down the road?
2: You'd have to think so, right? I mean, I think those numbers are, um, are pretty amazing. I mean... You know, you're talking about he drove in basically a run, basically a run per game, <laughs> not more. I'm not sure he played all in, in all 100 games. So, yeah. Same thing with the power numbers as well. I mean, and, you know, it wasn't like everyone was pitching to him the entire year. You know, obviously when he's going through his hottest streaks, guys are pushing around him and not giving him anything to hit. And uh, he was still able to just take his hits and uh, just get, you know, take what the game gave him. And, uh, just really a remarkable season, you know. I, he had tons of interest this off season from multiple teams, and um, you know I, I think even after this this off season, after he signed with a team, another team rule uh, AAA ruled fived him. So there was still plenty of interest in him after he signed with someone else. So y- you have to think with that much interest in a guy, if he can keep things going, um, his body type and his attitude and the way he works, man, I don't see any reason why Art Charles uh, shouldn't get a chance to play in a major league.
0: Matt Padgett, the newest manager of the New Jersey Jackals, is joining us here on Around the Diamond. We're talking about Art Charles uh, being signed by their – sorry, now with the Milwaukee Brewers. And uh, uh, I actually saw Art Charles' Snapchat, and I spoke to him the other day, and he uh, is actually – uh, he played his first uh, big league spring training game. Uh, so congratulations to art. Now, uh, just to move on from that topic, of course you have, you just got announced as the newest manager of the New Jersey Jackals uh, about a month ago. And do you feel it's going to be tough to replace guys like art Charles, Tyler O'Neill, uh, even Corey Vaughn and, and other guys on this roster uh, going into the 2017 Can-Am league season for yourself?
2: Yeah, there's no question. Um, I think we had a really good clubhouse last year. Um, pretty good mix uh with veterans and rookies um you know eddie newton was a big big rookie for us at shortstop right. one defensive player of the year in the league um joe got him in uh, kansas city uh, made a trade for him so we're going to miss a lot of guys you know corey vaughn name you mentioned um he wanted to go and play in the atlantic league and uh you know it's, for me We're all about winning and playing the game the way it's supposed to be played, but I'm not going to stand in the way of uh, players. And, you know, Corey wanted to go play in the Atlantic League for 140 games instead of 100 games in our league. And if he feels that's the best thing for him, then uh, we we, uh, we give him that opportunity, you know. So there's no doubt there's going to be some bats we're going to miss. We're going to miss some arms. But it's just kind of the way the game is, you know, every year. You got to go out there and try to find someone new. And that's another thing I'm just trying to lean on Joe for. I I feel like – you know, when I was traded over to Joe in 2013 and played in a playoff run, uh, we ended up playing Quebec in the finals. Uh, just one of the things I learned and why I wanted to come to New Jersey last year to coach under him is just kind of figure out how he put his roster together and, um, you know, some of his contacts and just kind of what he was thinking. So um, I'm just trying to do my best on that aspect and uh, hopefully we can put together a roster that will be uh, competitive this year.
0: And, and of course, you speak about playing for the Jackals in 2013. Matt Padgett, the newest manager of the Jackals, is here with us on Around the Diamond. And, uh, of course, you know, Joe, it seems like, you know, throughout this interview you've been talking about uh, how he's helped you a lot. Do you feel that when you took this job with the New Jersey Jackals, uh, you know, uh, about a month ago, that you, uh, you know, had enough connections to not only get players in and out of independent ball?
2: Um, Yeah, for sure. I think... um you can always have more connections right but um, yeah I, I feel like the guys that are scouting and some of the guys that are coaching in minor league baseball or uh, guys that I play with right. they're about my age uh, now they're all they're starting to manage they're starting to get into their uh, career outside of playing so um, yeah you know and you just you just you just try to do what you can and you try to uh, have players. Talk to you about the guys on your team, the guys that they play with, guys that are looking for jobs, and um, yeah, you just try to make the best decisions on what, what, what on you know what, what their stats look like, or uh, you know just just try to get as much information as you can. And uh, yeah, I, I, I feel pretty happy with the guys we have. Yet we haven't announced a whole lot of signings, um, just haven't sent them into the league. But um, so far, it's been going pretty well.
0: And, and as a manager, before we wrap up our first segment with Matt Paget. Uh, Uh, As yourself, We're going to kind of do a a two-part interview, one talking about uh, managing with the Jackals and another part talking about your playing career, as you did uh, play 18 seasons uh, across the the minor leagues, uh, uh, making it as high as AAA and playing a big league spring training with the Florida Marlins back in, uh, I believe, 2005. Uh, But obviously, you talked about, you know, how the roster, the way it's going to look. How do you want to shape this whole Jackals team uh, going into the 2017 season?
2: Yeah, really, just... uh, uh Trying to put a winner out there, right? <laughs> um, no, just um, for me, I'm a big believer in a solid clubhouse. Um, I just think um, a good clubhouse can overcome some uh, some of those lows in the season. Um, when, when, when the pitching's not there or the hitting's not there, um, just a good group of guys that want to fight and play the game the right way, really, just what it's all about for me. Um, it's, it, it's tough, you know, it's independent baseball, and no one's making a ton of money. Sometimes uh, you're on the road all night and, you know, all this, all different stories, man. And I just want a group of guys who understand that's what they're signing up for and their goal is to make it to a, another level and they want to put their work in to get to that level. And so um, that's pretty much what I'm looking for and what I'll expect out of my guys.
0: And with the ownership, situa- uh, with the ownership uh, situation, before we um, take a quick break, uh, what what are they looking for you when they first gave you the job? What was their kind of um, The thing that they leaned on you and said hey listen, this is what we want you to do and this is our expectations. What was that?
2: Really just um, I guess win, right um, uh, Joe Redman's put out there. He just won't he pretty much trust me and just allows me to have my run with the team and um just, just pretty much the same thing that uh, Joe's been doing over the years, man. Just try to bring good players, be solid in the community, and um, just a hard competing team out there. I mean, nothing, nothing, nothing really too specific, you know. Um, basically just go about things how they should be going about.
0: Well, we're going to take a quick break. When we come back, Matt Paget of the New Jersey Jackals will still be with us on Around the Diamond, and this time we're going to do a second part to this interview and talk about uh, his professional career when he played parts of, uh, or he played 18 seasons of uh, minor league baseball, uh, making it as high as AAA. You're listening to Episode 52 of Around the Diamond here on CKDJ 107.9. We'll be back in a few.
2: Matt Paget from the New Jersey Jackals, and you're listening to Around
0: the Diamond on CKDJ 107.9. Welcome back to episode 52 of Around the Diamond here on CKDJ 107.9. I'm your host Diamond Dante once again. Before we were talking with Matt Paget and talking about uh, his, uh, you know, what he's going to do coming into the 2017 season as the manager of the New Jersey Jackals. Matt is still with us here on Around the Diamond. Uh, we're talking about his professional career. Um, and and do you feel just based off what we talked about in our in our previous segment uh, before we talk about your playing days? Of course, you spent 18 seasons uh, in the minor leagues across independent ball, playing in AAA with the Florida Marlins. Do you feel that your professional uh, experience and and you know making it as high as AAA and and grinding the team bus is going to help a lot of the younger players down the road in your coaching career?
2: Um, I'd like to think so. Um, I think anytime you just spend an extended amount of time in a certain career, I think you've got some things you can offer to some younger guys just getting started, you know, just maybe try to, uh, hit them in a direction that you've seen guys maybe go down and uh, you wouldn't advise or even yourself, you know? Um, yeah, I I think that's probably the biggest thing, uh, you know, with younger guys is just being able to help them out and just get rid of some of those headaches, man. Um, you know, just uh, you know, guys are helping me along the way, and I just think that's how this game works out, right? You just try to help the guys that are coming in, and especially, you know, guys that I'll be managing. Um, just always trying to, you know, get the best out of those guys and and, and help them along their way, man. Hopefully, become major leaguers.
0: And Matt Padgett, the newest manager of the New Jersey Jackals, is here with us on Around the Diamond. We're now talking about his playing days. And, in you know, 1998, the, at the age of 20, you, you made your first professional appearance uh, in low A with the Florida Marlins. And once you got into the system out of uh, Clemson University when you were drafted out of the fifth round, was it kind of an eye-opener for you And knowing that this is what you kind of had to do if you were going to work your way up the system and, and, and eventually have that dream for the major leagues?
2: God, it really was. Um, I just... <laughs> Yeah, honestly, that first half season was not very fun. Um, (laughs) It was after a long season in college. Um, We had played uh, into a regional and, you know, and you had signed and then I was playing in Utica, New York, and it just just didn't go well. I think I hit like 220 that summer. Um, I just remember thinking, this stinks. I would just want to go back to college. (laughs) <laughs> um it was just so many seemed like so many rules and you know, the stretching and the whole I don't know, it was just so much going on. It was just such a weird experience but, and I wasn't playing well on the field. Um, you know, the living situation was brutal and so uh, you know, I remember it being pretty tough. But after uh after that getting into spring training and uh seeing all the guys and understanding what it was all about, um I loved it. I mean I wouldn't I wouldn't change my experience in the game for anything, man, other than just maybe wish I made it to the major league, right? But, um, I, uh, I enjoyed my ride, man, and it was a good time. Met a lot of amazing people and was able to go to a lot of places playing in winter ball and things like that that I probably would never go to and met a lot of really cool people. So, um, it's, uh, it, it was a good run, man. And I enjoyed every second of it.
0: And of course, just to kind of mention this right off the bat, you played in 1998 all the way to 2015 as a as a player uh, in the in the minor leagues. You started off in low A and then finished off in the independent leagues and made a stop in AAA a- along the way. And Matt, um, from your perspective, from low A in 1998 to independent ball or AAA, and for example now 2010 to 2015, what's the biggest thing that you felt has changed over the past 20 years in minor league baseball?
2: Um, I don't know. I don't think there's any bunting anymore. (laughs) Um, uh, yeah, I was telling that I'm coaching a high school team right now. Um, before I come up to New Jersey and we were having, I was having that conversation with a dad the other day and I was thinking, you know, when I first went to spring training in 1998, we would take like an hour every day and just bunt or talk about bunting and this and that. And then by the time I got out of the game, it was like, you barely got the two bunts in before your first round of batting practice. Uh, you know it's just kind of like the lost art. but i know that everyone now gets into the whole uh members of it no one wants to give up any outs and anything like that but uh um uh, yeah i don't know I, it just uh i guess some things with the uh with the media right social media everything's out there um right. it just seems to me watching some of these showcase deals on tv it just uh the way guys are going about just creating their career and creating their bios and making their stuff look more appealing um, it just seems like there's a lot more of that that goes into it. But the players are, you know, bigger, faster, they're stronger, smart kids coming in, man. I uh, think baseball's got a bright future. And, uh, it's, been, it's been fun to watch these young guys come up to the major leagues the last few years. They've got a lot of talent out there.
0: You're right about that. And you speak of bunting. Did you ever ask Hal Neer about bunting? I'm sure you've seen him uh, throw out the bun side quite a bit.
2: Yeah, for sure. I have not talked to him about that. But I want to tell you, I, you know, it's funny you say that because, You know, everyone, no one wants to give up and out. Everybody, you know, all these analytics, you know, no bunting, this and that. But, you know, in October, if you need to move a tying run over to win a world championship, I mean, the bunt plays put on, right? I mean, so I still think it's an important part of the game. But you're right, uh, Ottawa will will bunt, and uh, we better be ready for it.
0: Oh, you're right about that, and of course, Hal Lanier comes from a time in 1986 when he was a manager in the major league that it was, hey, listen, you're going to bunt the ball, and and you never know. And of course, you, uh, I remember what was a game five of the of the season. Art Charles threw the ball over the uh, third baseman's head. It was a bunt down the line, and and, and the champions walked mm-hmm. it off. And uh, what inning was that? It was what the fifteenth or sixteenth inning.
2: Yeah, there's no, yeah, there's no telling. I want to say we played like at least two games that went into like the fifteenth inning with the champions last year.
0: Did you know that Ottawa set the um, Can-Am League record for most uh, extra-inning games played in a season? I think it was like 14 or 15.
2: Is that right? No, I did not know
0: that. Yeah, it was... Uh, I, I, well, listen, I was the one calling the games in the booth, and I'm sure you didn't like being under this. Well, actually, no, it's probably not that bad being under the sun uh, over at the uh, the third-base dugout... or Sorry, the first-base dugout uh, for yourself at the time with the, the Jackals last season. Uh, but sh- just to move on from that, we were talking uh, with Matt Paget. Uh, about his playing days, and you know, once you moved your way up the system in the Florida Marlins, uh, with the Florida Marlins, and, and made an appearance in big league spring training, uh, was it kind of nice knowing that you are in an organization that was coming off a World Series win in 2003?
2: Well, yeah, see, and that was um, that, that was part of it. You know, when I first signed, the Marlins had won the uh, 97 World, World, World Series, Series, I guess in 97. Yeah. So when I signed, it was you know you get all the questions of are you interested in going to a team, that, and your answer I guess is no because I mean they've got the world Series, you know World Series team set, but you know then the Marlins did what they did and what they do and just sold everyone off after the World World Championship those times. Um, but then yeah, you're working your way up, and I was in Double A in '03, and uh, Dontrelle Willis and Miguel Cabrera, they're all sitting there in Double A with us, and. Of so course, they get called up, and, um, you know, they're on the World Series team. We're sitting there watching the uh, watching these guys play for a World Championship. So, it was nice. It kind of gave you, you know, a couple guys on your team playing for a World Championship. It was nice to see because it kind of made you think you had a chance instead of just sitting on that bus, you know. Um, I'll never forget the, the night that Cabrera gets called up. We were in Huntsville, and he gets called up. And he, well, he was—he had never played outfield before, and you know they come in one day and they tell him, "Hey man, you're uh, playing left field today." GM, assistant GM, like five other people wearing slacks come in, and they watch him play the first game, the second game, and like the fourth inning, they take him out of the game. And you know the Marlins had a rule at the time where we had to run hard down the first base line on like ground balls, or they would take you out of the game. He was young. And um, at this point, his English wasn't wasn't amazing yet, right? Right. And so they're like, "Hey, Miguel, you're down for the night." And he's like, "No, no, no. I, I I'm gonna keep playing, you know." And they're like, "No, you're down." And he starts to get upset. This conversation goes back and forth a couple of times. He's like, "Next time, I'll run hard. I promise, so, you know this." And it wasn't like he didn't run hard. He just thought they were taking him out for that. And he's getting, he's getting very upset. You can see him, he's starting to get emotional because he's still very young at this time, you know, and he doesn't want to disappoint anyone. And before he gets too upset, uh, the manager's like, you're okay, you're going to the big leagues tomorrow, man. You're starting in my field or whatever. And, uh, you know, at this point now, all the emotion has come out and the dugout was all just excited for him because, you know, at the time he's hitting like 450 or something obnoxious. I mean, he was just, he was the Miguel Cabrera. Everyone knows, man, sitting there in Double A as a 19-year-old. Yeah. So then the next night, um, we come in after our game and we just had this little TV there. I just remember the clubhouse not being very good. It was a tiny, tiny TV. It's like mean, 20 inch TVs and, uh, or less. And we're watching it. And this is the game where, you know, he hits the walk off in the ninth inning to dead center field. And I just remember the, the clubhouse going crazy as if he was hit it for our team, you know, because he was just with us <laughs> the night before. But um, I'll never forget that moment, man. It was. Uh, a special beginning for a very special guy, man, a great hitter. He was. Uh, he's, uh, he's definitely one of the best
0: out there. Matt Padgett, the newest manager of the New Jersey Jackals, is here with us on Around the Diamond. We're talking about his playing days and when he played with uh, one of the best hitters, uh, hitters on the planet in Miguel Cabrera. Now, have you ever uh, still kept in contact with him or was that the last time you ever saw him?
2: Pretty much. I have not. I ran into him a couple of times in Venezuela for, uh, when I was down for playing winter ball. He wasn't really playing anymore, but he would uh, he would be around, coming around to some of the games. But, um, yeah, I haven't uh, haven't spoken with him much since.
0: And you speak about that walk-off that he hit, and I remember watching this video. It was uh, Roger Clemens against Miguel Cabrera. Clemens threw up high and in, was trying to intimidate Miguel, and as a 20- or 19-year-old uh, player in Miguel Cabrera, one of, now one of the best players on the planet and, and soon to be a Hall of Famer, didn't back down, and then hit the ball to right field. Was that the kind of player that Miguel was, you know, went up to the plate knowing that he was going to do damage every single time and didn't care who it was, and especially in that situation when Roger Clemens said, hey, I'm going to throw up and in, and then all of a sudden Miguel hits it to right field, home run.
2: Yeah, it's funny you say that because it really is exactly... It wasn't that... Yeah, He was just so driven just to be great, and he just the way he worked at stuff, and he was so naturally talented. But I mean, obviously, in this game, you have to work hard to be at the level he is, and he did work so hard. Um, but yeah, nothing like that intimidated him. He could care less that was Roger Clemens and that he just threw it at his chin, you know. It did, it, I, I remember when it happened, a couple of us looked together, looked at each other, and we were just like, Man, you know. Did he just jump right back up and like looked out to the mound and just dug right back in? Almost with a smile on his face, you know, like he still does. I mean, it's just uh, he doesn't let one pitch affect the next, and I think that's why he's so good. He's just he lives in the moment so well, and um, it's funny you mentioned that.
0: Yeah, and and I've watched that video multiple times, and and you know he store he stared back at the mound. We see a lot of guys do that. Uh, nowadays but uh, I want to you know, before we wrap things up I want to ask you about one more uh, particular moment in your career in 2007 you played for the Ottawa Lynx in AAA and of course uh, this is an Ottawa radio show and we have a a lot of Ottawa baseball fans tuning in so I want you to take me back to 2007 at the age of 29 when you were playing in the Phillies AAA system or or for the Phillies AAA team in the Ottawa Lynx yeah for sure Um,
2: that was my I guess One of my last seasons playing affiliated baseball. Um, I was telling you a little bit off air. I I was with double A the year before with the Phillies. And um, there's like a swinging button out in front of of home plate. Throw gets into the line and uh, my arm gets tangled up. I break my arm around, say, 4th of July. And didn't get a chance to play the rest of that season all the way up until probably February or March. Didn't really swing a bat. And the Phillies were amazing. Amazing organization. They uh, gave me a job even though I was not all the way healed, man. So I played in double-A, wasn't very good, just, you know, I just didn't heal. My arm just wasn't right, and they ended up rewarding me for some reason the last month of that season. I guess they felt like that was probably one of my last years, and just sent me back to triple-A for a month, and it was in Ottawa, and... uh, you know, I love playing in that stadium. Uh, it was great. You know, we, we ended up getting a lot of fans the most, obviously, when I guess what Syracuse would come in town where there were the Blue Jays, right? Yeah. And um, when the Blue we played against the Blue Jays, it was a packed house. It was unbelievable. Um, and another guy that I actually came up with, with the Marlins, uh, AJ Burnett.
0: Oh, my goodness. He was down
2: rehabbing uh, for AAA with Toronto at the time, and he got a start at Ottawa. Um, on like a day game and it was like standing room only. I just remember the fans just being so into it. Um, Yeah, but my experience in Ottawa was great. I just remember, I don't know why it stood out. I just remember, and this is going to sound crazy, but I just remember thinking Ottawa, you know, a bigger city but I just remember thinking at the time I hadn't spent a whole lot of time in Canada and I just remember thinking how clean the city was. I mean, you know, you just walked up and down the street, and it was just absurdly, like, everyone was so polite. And, uh, no, I enjoyed my time there. It was only probably like a month, maybe six weeks. But um, it was amazing. I look forward to my trip up there every single year. Um, you know, it's it's a great stadium to play in. Um, obviously, you guys won a championship up there last year. And, uh, you know, Hal's, Hal's an amazing manager. He's obviously... Has the resume, man. He's uh, he's done it all the way to the top, man. So um, he's a good guy to learn from, and just kind of pay attention to what he's doing. So um, I look forward to my trips back up there. But um, yeah, I have no complaints about my stay in Ottawa, and and really enjoyed it. I just wish we could have won a few games. I think our team was. Uh, I
0: think the Phillies were in
2: a year there where I want to say
0: they went to the World Series the next year. Almost
2: broke it. Yeah, I want to say they almost uh, broke a record for the amount of guys that they caught up that season. Um, I want to say the Lynx, that, the team record for the season was pretty awful. Um, but, uh, you know, it was it was a good thing because, you know, a lot of guys were going up and down to the major leagues, triple back and forth, so um, you get to see a lot of major leaguers that year, I guess, if you were a fan.
0: Um, and, and who was the, the manager of the Lynx at the time?
2: It was, um, oh, he put me on the spot, Russell. Um, John Russell. The next year he went... Yes, the next year he went and was manager of uh, uh, Pittsburgh.
0: Oh, he was. Oh, that's that's pretty cool. And and so I guess uh, obviously uh, it was pretty cool for not only this season you actually have the chance to manage against the uh or pl- manage in the Ottawa uh the Ottawa, old Ottawa link Stadium and you actually had the chance to play for the team so that's pretty cool but that's gonna do it uh here uh, Matt once again hey listen man thanks uh, so much for joining us on the show and uh, we look forward to maybe talking to you once again down the road and seeing uh, what kind of squad you put out with the jackals this season
2: sounds good Dante It's my pleasure and uh, well Dante it's my pleasure
0: Well, that's going to do it for episode 52 of Around the Diamond here on CKDJ 1079. We want to thank all the guests that joined us here on the show, Miguel Gomez and Matt Padgett. You've been listening to episode 52 of Around the Diamond live here on CKDJ 1079. You can find the podcast on iTunes by typing in Around the Diamond. And uh, you can find it on SoundCloud as well or on Twitter at Diamond underscore Dante. You've been listening to episode 52 of Around the Diamond live here on CKDJ 1079. We'll see you next week.